Ladies and gents, welcome back to the Gunfighter Weekly Update. Um, I know on Wednesday I did say that we would be doing an episode on Iraq today, um, but life has gotten in the way today and I'm not, I didn't have enough time to do the research and I would hate to kind of give you guys something half-assed. So that Iraq episode will be up on Wednesday next week and this week we'll just stick with the regular weekly update. So welcome back. I hope you guys have had a good week and let's crack on with, uh, yeah, me updating you guys, I guess. Uh, the first one, which is uh, nice to read for people that uh, are listening and are fans of this show. So two leaders of the Iranian-backed Shia militia, Kataib Hezbollah, were killed when their jeep was targeted by an American drone. The strike was carried out in the al-Rastafa neighborhood of eastern Baghdad, Iraq. The men have been identified as Wissam al-Saidi and Arkan al-Alawi. Al-Saidi was the target of the drone strike and served as Kataib Hezbollah's drone unit commander. Al-Awali was a field commander. PMF channels are calling for a march on the U.S. embassy in Baghdad and a final battle. This is a continuation of strikes retaliating for the Tower 22 attack that killed three American soldiers recently. In my opinion, this is the most significant U.S. response since our forces started getting attacked in mid-October. Uh, that is not my opinion. Uh, that is a page on Instagram called Northern Provisions Opinion, and I love their stuff. So if you do want to get a hold of uh, some good news from around the world, that's a good one. So let's see what is next. Back to the Israeli contact uh, in Gaza. So we've got panic is growing in Rafah over an imminent ground invasion after Israel's prime minister ordered his military to prepare to enter the city in the southern Gaza Strip that is sheltering 1.2 million people with nowhere else to go as he rejected Hamas's truce plan and rebuffed U.S. efforts to reach a deal. A new round of talks aimed at securing a truce with Hamas was set to open on Thursday in Egypt after Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, sorry if I get that wrong, PM, said Israel will not end the war and will push on until total victory over the Palestinian group. Visiting United States Secretary of State Anthony Blinken insisted on Wednesday that he still saw space for agreement to be reached and was meeting on Thursday in Tel Aviv with Israel's war cabinet members, Benny Gantz and Gadi Eisenkot, to discuss the re release of captives being held in Gaza. We are on our way to an absolute victory, the Israeli PM said on Wednesday, adding that the operation would last months, not years. There is no other solution. Israeli airstrikes overnight on Rafah, which Israel has once declared, had once declared a safe zone for Displaced Palestinians killed 14 people, including five children. Al Jazeera's Hani Mahmoud, reporting from Rafa, said, What people are experiencing in the southern part of Gaza Strip is a surge in attacks from air, land, and sea. Safi Marouf, a displaced Palestinian who sought refuge in Rafa with her family after being uprooted from her family or from their home farther north says so she's afraid of what's to come. The children are scared all the time. And if we want to leave Rafa, we don't know where to go. What will be our destiny and that of our children? 
United Nations Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez said a ground invasion of Rafa would exponentially increase what is already a humanitarian nightmare with untold regional consequences. Critical phase. Al-Jazeera's Hashem Ahelbara said the meeting in Egypt indicated that we're moving towards a critical phase of any potential agreement between Israel and Hamas. After senior Hamas leader Osama Hamdan said a delegation was going to Cairo. I think we have reached a point where we're really talking about operational aspects of the agreement and what is happening behind closed doors is a real genuine push towards that. The Muslim fasting month of Ramadan in March puts political pressure on leaders in this part of the world, he said, adding that if Israeli attacks continue, then I wouldn't see a chance of any deal in the near future. Hamas laid out a three-phase plan to unfold over four and a half months that would see the release of all captives in exchange for hundreds of Palestinian imprisoned by Israel, including senior fighters and an end to the war. While there are some clear non-starters in Hamas's response, we do think it creates space for agreement to be reached, and we will work on at that relentlessly, Blinken told reporters after meeting Netanyahu to discuss the Hamas counterproposal to a truce plan drawn up by the U.S. and Israeli spy chiefs, delivered to the sp- and delivered to the Palestinian group last week by Qatar and Egyptian mediators, reporting from occupied East Jerusalem. Al Jazeera's Rory Challens said Blinken came to get a deal and he didn't get it. He's still going for the, to try bridge the gap between Israel and Hamas. He might be right. There might be a chance, but at the moment, he's going back to Washington, D.C. and be handed, Challen said on Thursday. Moving over to Africa, and we move to the Eastern Democratic Republic of the Congo. Thousands of people are fleeing violence in Eastern Democratic Republic of Congo as fighting intensifies between the Congolese army and the M23 armed group. Fighters reportedly surrounded the strategic town of Sake on Wednesday, a crucial step before reaching Goma, the capital of North Kivu. Capturing Sake, or Sake, one of those, would deal a logistical blow to these Congolese soldiers. The Congolese army and the United Nations peacekeepers have been struggling to contain M23's advance. As fighting continues, thousands of those who fled Sake have arrived in Belengo, about 10 kilometres west of Goma. Thousands are on the road right now trying to escape the violence and get to Goma, Al Jazeera's Alain Ayukani said, reporting from Belengo on Wednesday. They've been fighting for over a week now, but this morning again, rebels have tried to take over the main city. It remains unclear whether the army or the rebels are now controlling the area. The situation in Sake is, I'm just going to jump back and forth between the pronunciation, is very bad with heavy fighting between soldiers and M23 rebels. They have attacked us with heavy, they have attacked with heavy guns and bombs fell on the city. This is why we are leaving for Goma. Justin Masao, a displaced person from Sake, told Al Jazeera. Another displaced person, Henrietta Miyum, said, we are running from the fighting between the rebels and soldiers. We don't know where we can go, but we can't survive in this situation. It's just too much for us. In a region already plagued with militia violence, M23 rebels launched a major new offensive in March 2022, 
sparking a conflict that has led to military intervention and mediation efforts by East African regional leaders. They broke a ceasefire last year, but it has been repeatedly violated. Clashes between the rebels, army forces, and self-defense groups that support them have escalated recently, forcing entire communities in Masisi and Ruchuru territories to flee to perceived areas of greater safety on the outskirts of Goma. Meanwhile, in Goma on Wednesday, a rocket landed near a university. There were no casualties from the attack, which blasted a crater into an area of open ground in the Lakvert neighborhood northwest of Goma. But it underscored the potential threat to the city of approximately 2 million people. This shows that M23 is targeting Goma now. They want to kill people in Goma. The government has to do something to stop M23's progress. Student Sophoni Bayonga, 25, told the Reuters news agency at the scene. The DRC government this week promised that it would not let Goma, situated close to the border with Rwanda, fall into M23 hands. The armed group briefly overran North Kivu province in 2012. On Wednesday, M23 said in a statement that it was not its goal and described its actions as defensive maneuvers. The DRC, Western Powers, and a UN expert group said the Tutsi-led group, rebel group is fucking internet just fucking throwing my reading all around. Um, wait one, let me find it. Uh, is supported by Rwanda. Rwanda has denied all involvement, but the accusations have led to a diplomatic crisis in the region. Civilians have borne the brunt of the violence in the restive east, with many killed in bombings and reprisal attacks. About 42,000 people have been displaced from Masisi alone on since February 2nd, the UN's humanitarian office, Okcha, said on Tuesday. M23 made major advances in the town of Maweso, last month, bringing the conflict even closer to Goma, which is about 100 kilometres away. Natalie Tyrant, head of a Doctors Without Borders team in Maweso, said violent clashes broke out two weeks ago as the army and pro-government militia tried to reclaim the town. After a full fighting, after a lull, sorry, fighting picked up over the weekend and the MSF team received 30 wounded people in recent days. MSF have had to evacuate some of its own staff after bullets struck a hospital in which thousands of Moeso residents were taking shelter. Most have since deserted the town. The UN peacekeeping mission in DRC deployed troops at the end of January to secure a corridor for people fleeing Moeso. Many have thought, sought safety in Sake. Alrighty, last one. Moving over to Haiti now. Five armed environmental protection agents were killed in clashes with police near Haiti's capital, Port-au-Prince, in violent protests seeking the removal of Prime Minister Ariel Henry paralyzed the country. Haiti has been engulfed in unrest since Monday with thousands of people in the city and the rest of the country demanding that Henry step down in line with the political agreement forged in 2022. A police source said five agents of the National Agency for Protected Areas and Armed Government Bureau, now in open rebellion, had been shot on Wednesday after refusing to drop their weapons and firing in the direction of police. Three other members of the agency were arrested. According to an agreement concluded in December 2022, following the assassination of President Havenel Moise a year earlier, Henry was supposed to hold elections and then cede power to newly elected officials on February 7th, 2024. 
but Henry has remained in power with an aide saying the Prime Minister intends to form a government of national unity. The Western Hemisphere's poorest nation has been in turmoil for years, with armed gangs taking over parts of Haiti and unleashing brutal violence, leaving the economy and public health systems in tatters. The 2021 assassination of Moise plunged the country further into chaos. No elections have taken place since 2016 and the presidency remains vacant. The protests have been called by several opposition parties and joined by employees of the Environmental Agency. On Tuesday evening, a police station in the northeastern province of Owenaminth, sorry, I definitely butchered that, came under attack. Major roads and schools have now been closed across the country since Monday. The Dominican Republic, which shares the island of Hispaniola with Haiti, said on Wednesday that it was reinforcing its borders due to the violence. Uh, scroll, 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 scroll. And that's it. Cool. All righty. So that's it for the weekly conflict update. Um, there's obviously thousands and thousands and thousands more that we could go through, but um, just a quick update on the row for the blue. So shirts will go up today if you're listening to this on Friday. Um, so head over to the link in my bio. You'll click on the link tree uh, and then it'll have... Um, the gunfighter project store you can click on that and the only shirt on there will be the row for the blue shirts um so grab yourself one of those uh the pro all the profits from those uh bar paying for the shirt itself to be made as well as shipping will go to row for the blue so your money's going to a great cause i really appreciate anyone that buys them um they're a great shirt i did the row in the shirt today um and it even though it wrecked me and I sweat through it because I sweat like an absolute dog, um, it is a great shirt. So jump on there, grab yourself one of those. Um, we're up to day nine today as of Friday. Um, things are going well, still cracking on. Um, mentally starting to get over the hump, I think, a little bit and I'm starting to be okay with it. Physically, I feel fine. Um, don't really, I struggle during it, but after once it's done it's uh pretty cruisy sticking right around that 140 to 145 sort of mark jesus christ that's a big fucking rat i'm just looking outside my window across the road and there's a big fucking rat walking around um stay out of here fuck um cool so i hope you guys have enjoyed the episodes this week um i'm enjoying pumping out the more and more uh work for you guys and content for you guys so i hope you guys are enjoying it as well if you got any suggestions or anything like that, please hit me up and let me know. Uh, next week's episode, Monday's episode, 037. Is that what we're up to? I'm pretty sure we're up to one, uh, 037 now. Um, Taylor Kavanaugh. Taylor Kavanaugh is an ex-US Navy SEAL uh, before he lost his job due to some indiscretions. He left the SEAL teams and he moved over where he's currently a member of the French Foreign Legion. Um, he's a good dude. He's hectic and I like that about him. He's a good dude to talk to and he was really, really um, helpful and really uh, up, what's the word, forthcoming, I guess, with stories about his life and um, he doesn't kind of make any excuses. He's upfront honest brutally honest with himself and 
That's what I like about him. So Taylor Cavanaugh coming out on Monday morning. Uh, Wednesday will be, like I said at the start of this episode, Wednesday will be focused on Iraq in the global war on terror. Um, like I said, like it's it's hard to make a full hour-long episode on something that lasted over 20 years because you can't really – it's hard to find that middle ground of not going too far into the weeds but also not brushing over everything. So I'm trying to give just a broad timeline of – how that conflict went. Um, and if you guys like it and want to go into more specific stories, um, that's the plan over the next few months, I guess. Um, so yeah. Uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. Thanks for listening to this week's weekly update. Um, thanks for all the support. I've been getting heaps of messages in regards to the row for the blue. Um, and I read every single one of them. I'm pretty sure I've replied to all of them. Um, and yeah, I really appreciate all you guys and all your support. Don't forget on the for Brizzy on the 3rd of March, which is a Sunday, we do have the Gunfighter Running Club still coming. So I haven't been posting about it because obviously the focus is on Road for the Blue, but the Gunfighter Running Club is open to all veterans and first responders being ambulance, paramedics. They're the same fucking thing. Paramedics, fireys and cops. Um, and their family. So bring your families, bring your mates. There will be a few people down there that aren't veterans, but they kind of have that gunfighter mindset about trying to just go after shit that's hard and trying to put themselves through hardship to make themselves better. So they'll be there as well. Um, and I'm really excited for it. It's going to be a good time. I just, I enjoy running and I'm fucking definitely looking forward to running and not rowing for, for once. Um, so that'll be awesome down at Woody's Point or up at Woody's Point in Redcliffe area. Uh, so I'm keen to see how many of you guys come. I'll post some more videos as we get closer to that day. Um, but yeah, so thank you for listening. Uh, look after yourselves this weekend. Don't get too silly. Um, and if you do, make sure you stay safe. Look after yourself. Look after your families. Make sure you leave a review on this podcast um, so that I can see how you guys feel about me talking into a microphone for a little bit of your week. So Thank you very much, guys. Look after yourselves. Look after your families. And remember to stay formidable and adaptable.